Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. And Waj, I believe that you've done something, you've done all Blacks a favor uh, during this Black History Month so that, you know, we can consolidate everything that is happening that isn't, you know, in celebration of Black History. What, what, have, what have you put together for us today? Uh, as your brown friend, your bestest, favoritest brown friend, uh, during this auspicious August Black History Month, I have tried to create a jukebox of the world's worst crap that has been happening to black people in the first week of Black History Month. I'm sure I've missed some stuff, but I thought it would be fun to, to give you to give you a choice, Danielle. Oh, please. A jukebox, if you will. I'll list the things that I've collected, and then you press play on the one that you want to talk about first. So... In no specific order, uh, while Whoopi Goldberg is still in a jail cell in the studios of The View for making a comment about the Holocaust, which she immediately apologized for and used as a teachable moment, Joe Rogan is still being paid $100 million by Spotify, despite Spotify removing more than 100 episodes, not just for anti-vax disinformation, that's how the controversy started, but they found out that he casually said the N-word, invited white nationalists, talked about black people as being Planet of the Apes, and they kind of low-key removed those Spotify um, episodes without telling anyone, and then Joe Rogan had to apologize for the N-word, and then white people, of course, always are like, why do black people get to say the N-word and we don't? We're the oppressed ones. So we have to negotiate the release of the N-word. That's (laughs) number one. Uh, While this is happening, Leslie Jones, a black woman, a complaint that NBC during Black History Month was pressuring her to stop her tradition, glorious tradition of live tweeting the Olympics. But then they finally relented after pressure. While that's happening in the media landscape, um, if you're a black student trying to go to a historically black college, well, stay safe because there were multiple death threats across numerous historically black colleges. That story lasted for a day. Also, if you're a black voter in Tennessee, try not having a felony conviction or, God forbid, being mistaken about your felony conviction because the rules are so confusing. A black woman was just uh, convicted up to six years in prison for being mistaken that she was allowed to vote. Meanwhile, Glenn Youngkin's underage son in Virginia, let's remind everyone, tried to vote twice. 
That is also voter fraud. While that's happening, let's not forget what kicked off February, Black History Month, the shortest month of the year, was uh, Joe Biden's yet unnamed black female Supreme Court justice was accused uh, of of the right wingers of being a token affirmative action hire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, the RNC. Wait, wait, I'm not done. We're almost there. The Republican National Committee. The RNC itself, not just a fringe member, decided that the violent insurrection that killed five people was actually a legitimate political discourse done by ordinary citizens. And they have censured um, uh, Representative Kinzinger and uh, Liz Cheney. Let's not forget they refer to BLM as terrorists and thugs. Oh, while speaking about thugs and the welfare queen, because we can't we can't forget them. No. Uh, Republicans have accused Joe Biden of giving out crack pipes. Uh, apparently to black folks and and not to be outdone uh, Brian Flores in the because racism is everywhere so we've gone from the media to voting uh, to, 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 to Spotify let's just go to the NFL Brian Flores coach of the Dolphins has accused the NFL uh, of racist policies and discrimination because believe it or not 70% of the NFL players are black folks but you got no black owners and you got a handful of black coaches. And I'm sure the police kill some black people also, but that's just, you know, that's a constant. So from the juke mm-hmm. the jukebox from hell, you can choose one to start off the show with. What do you choose? You know, I'm gonna take the N-word and Joe Rogan for the first spin. Um, for five hundred? For five hundred. Um and 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 just as as you were going through this list, Waj, I, I just wanna remind everybody that. When you were listening to it, this, today is day 10 of February. <laughs> it is the 10th day. We have 18 days left of Black History Month. So who knows what will happen? Um, have you ever wanted to fast forward through Black History Month and just get to March? Yeah, because I feel that it is both uh, Black History Month coupled with Halloween are the worst white people months this country ever sees. So in Black History Month, they want to whitewash MLK, throw up any type of very docile, very benign, you know, statements and quotes about, you know, us all coming together, why they continue to subjugate black people. And then on Halloween, they want to show their their homage, you know, to our culture and history (laughs) by going to their local DSW and getting as much black shoe polish as possible to smear all over themselves and say, hey, N-word, you look just like me and I look like you. Um, Oh, also book bands. Uh, I forgot. Uh, There's a surprise track. There's a surprise track on the jukebox. That's for for the B-sides. Yeah, 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 the B-side is now it's not just black and brown authors, but also, as we discussed last time, uh, any mention of the Holocaust, but also Florida now has a uh, don't say gay. Yeah. Uh, potential policy where you can't talk about LGBTQ plus or sexual orientation at a young age uh, and parents then have the right to interfere. So it's the don't say gay policy. I, I, you know, I, I love this place. Um, OK, so so first up on on, on Waj's jukebox from hell, um, let, let's go to Joe Rogan. So what caught me this week was the fact that not only did Spotify decide to double down, right? They're going yep. to uh, stand by their man, uh, Joe Rogan, and, and and say that it is enough for them to take down 70 plus episodes. But no one thinks that the fact that he has 70 plus episodes where he casually allows the N-word to drip from his mouth like honey um, is normal. 
and should be okay. And then you have the likes of former Democratic presidential can, uh, 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 candidate Andrew Yang decide to stick his neck in and say, Joe Rogan can't be a racist. He hires so many black people. Yeah, said the colonizer slave master. I can't possibly be racist. Look at all my help. Andrew Yang. I feed them well. No one and I asked give them, for I give them a roof. Yeah, I give them a roof in three squares a day, um, says Joe Rogan and all of his fans. What got me, too, is that, get this, Waj, because not only is Spotify uh, willing to continue paying him an obscene amount of money to spout bullshit, but a Canadian outlet called Rumble also offered Joe Rogan $100 million in order to leave Spotify. Meanwhile, the likes of Brene Brown and other folks who are under deals and have deep now emotional and moral conflicts about sitting at the same cafeteria table um, branded by Spotify with the Joe Rogans of the world, I don't see anybody offering anybody else their get out of white supremacy free card. So, you know, what we realize, and this is what I tweeted this week, is that racism, as Toni Morrison had said, is never going to go anywhere. You know why? Because it drives capitalism, right? That it is profitable. And until White supremacy is no longer profitable until white rage is no longer profitable. um, It will continue. And so Joe Rogan makes Spotify billions of dollars for his outrageous, um, ridiculous nature. But what would you expect from a man that had other people eat anuses of a pig on television and he was paid millions of dollars to do that? Right. The real fear factor is what it's like to be a black and brown person and live in the United States in the year 2022. The real oppression, I'm sorry, Daniel, is white people are not allowed to say the N-word. And so I think you should be empathetic to their concerns and their anxiety. And also to the AP students who go to privileged schools who get sometimes triggered by reading about slavery and and the rape of black women uh, and the mutilation of black bodies um, as depicted in Toni Morrison's Beloved. I think, you know, you need to step outside yourself (laughs) and your, uh, you know, your self-centeredness. And during Black (laughs) History Month, you as a black woman need to be concerned about the anxieties of your white peers who are not racist. They just want to sing along with their favorite hip hop song. Why are you denying them that right, that joy? I know it's, you know, it's as if we don't, you're right. We don't give white people anything in America. And so, you know, at the very least, they should be able to use the word that they created as a way to dehumanize an entire group of people and just be able to use it with glee. You know, it is, it is the, it, That's where it, it boils is down their to power, right. power. How dare you take away my birthright? And the N word is the birthright mm. handed down uh, from white supremacy from generation to generation that that word immediately tells you your place. Your place, black person, is you're beneath us. Always. Yep. We are in charge. You should be grateful to us that we liberated you from slavery and that you are allowed to live in America and that we give you a speaking rule. And all we ask in return is that you also let us say the N-word. Why do you get to say it? I mean, the, I'm just, as an observer, I am just so fascinated 
by the type of mental gymnastics and the the the, 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 the arguments that people otherwise saying people go on Twitter like, can this movie get made today? Can Pulp Fiction get made today where Quentin Tarantino uses the N-word so many times? What's wrong with America? It's like, why do you need to say this word? So what is it about you that you need to say this word yep. so badly? And there's a, there's a dark segment that I, I'm going to go into that I joked with you about this is like, okay, white people really need to say the N-word. So I'm going to I'm going to nominate you to be the representative of all black people. Thank you. And I'm going to nominate Megan Kelly to be the representative of the whites. Uh-huh. Because I think she's the whitest woman on earth. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 she always comes in like capes for like white Santa Claus. Like she comes fierce. Yeah. Uh to defend. You guys meet at the courthouse of a- Appomattox to negotiate the release of the N-word. And you have to come to terms and conditions. So here's a question I have. Mm-hmm. Since white people will never give up the word and they really need to say it. What do you want from white people in exchange? For them, maybe being allowed to say it from on Tuesdays and Thursdays in their car with the windows up from 12 to 1, only when listening to their favorite hip hop song. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What do I want? I want um, to be able to walk into a store during those same hours and not be followed or questioned as to why I'm there. Wow. Let's start let's start low. Let's let's have a low <laughs> That's lift. That's like the lowest bar. Right? Like it's like a, it's was, like a low I was, lift. I was thinking can I be like your negotiator and be like uh she wants voting rights. She wants voting rights I for mean, people. I mean I I felt like that like because you had such like if you said oh they just want to use the n word forever like what do I want? I would say leave me the hell alone and every other black and brown person. How about we all go about minding our fucking business and you do the same? Right? Like I I I would ask for my ability to vote, my ability to shop, my ability to breathe, my ability to walk to the store, to sit in my house, um, to to you know to cook food, like uh, to bird watch, like I, I would mm. ask for the ability, just you know, to be able to exist the same way that if you if using the N word would release freedom, actual, mm. real, not free ish, not like democracy ish. Not free-ish, but actually release freedom for all black people in this country and throughout the diaspora. Go with God. Go ahead and you go go with God. <laughs> you, you just tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, say it, use it as much as you can. But in return, you have to treat us like human beings. Yeah. Can you could you manage that or you think they no, could America manage won't. it? No, no, no. America won't manage it. And what's so interesting, thank you for entertaining that dark humorous episode for us. But that's sometimes you need to look at uh, ugliness with the lens of the absurd to, 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 to point out exactly what you said is, is that those who are the oppressors in America are the ones who think they're the victims. And those who are victimized are always asked to nurture the anxieties oh, and the wounded spirit on. of the oppressors. And the, the N-word is that, like the, the, the rage, the pain. At which, you know, the oppression that they can't say this word. And then the whataboutism I thought was very interesting is, well, what? And then they brought this laundry list of all these other white people who've said like racist stuff like Howard Stern and others. And my question, I'm like, the question that's missing is why were these people so handsomely rewarded throughout their career to be racist? No one's asking that question. No, we all knew what Howard Stern was. We knew what Joe Rogan was. They knew. But I'm like, here again, just the basic question that you asked from the beginning. 
Why do you need to use the word? Why? What what feeling does it conjure for you? Mm. Right? Like it is not like I'm taking away the word the, which would make it really hard to articulate sentences. I'm asking you, like, what is it about the N-word, the feeling that it gives you, dear white person, right? To be able to use it and why you feel so robbed. Right. Of your freedoms, of your liberty to be able to do and say whatever the fuck you want. Right. Like that's the real question. And then, yes, to the serious XMs, to the Spotify's, to the places where these people and their ideology find homes and are handsomely rewarded. What are you doing? Right? Like what what you are paying for the toxicity. You want the morose, like you want the degradation of this country because you're paying a hundred you are literally paying a hundred million dollars for it. And then Well it's exact and you know, you mentioned this also, Danielle, about the capitalism aspect of it. They knew what they were getting with Rogan. He hasn't hidden this. And his base is this voracious base of mostly not exclusively young white men. The scary part is, is like the three most influential people uh, in America when it comes to shaping white minds is probably Joe Rogan, Mm. an anti-vaxxer, who entertained these racists. Like he straight up, one of those clips is like the eugenicist who's like talking about these old school racism about black people being genetically inferior and like prone to violence. And he just sits there and goes, huh, interesting perspective. The, The base eats this up. It's Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, and Donald Trump. Right. And the reason why they entertain them is because they bring in good ratings. Les Moonves of CBS said in 2016, I'll never forget, Donald Trump may be bad for America, but he's great for CBS. Mm -hmm. Exact quote. Tucker Carlson. Yeah, he might mainstream and launder literal white supremacist talking points. And now he calls January 6th a false flag. Great ratings. Joe Rogan promotes anti-vax disinformation during a pandemic that has killed 5 million people is deeply influential. But guess what? Great ratings and his base eats it up. They love this. So when it comes to push, push comes to shove, X says, hmm, what's the color that matters most in America? The color green. So I'm going to continue and double down with this $100 million deal. I'm going to give a fake BS apology. And then just to mock all of you and show you that black and brown lives aren't worth anything, I'm going to give the same amount of money that I give one white man. $100 $100 million One. To, to help POC initiatives. And the rest of us are like, uh, do you realize how offensive that is that you're saying all of us, this brown booyah base, let's just toss salad <laughs> that you created, is gets $100 million? It's like a beautiful microcosm of America. One white dude who sucks gets to fail up and gets $100 million and the rest of us get this to vague split brownness. It. Get, get, <laughs> get, 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 to get, to, get to split the trickle down. Trickle down. It is, trickle down pity economics. I mean, it is so... And, and the funny thing is... Watch, they think that they are doing us a favor. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. 
Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition the midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections we all know that our government is broken politicians spend more time working for themselves their big donors and their political party instead of for us we as americans have had enough of the corruption partisan bickering and gridlock look i get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out but i'm here to tell you there's reason for hope our political system is broken now but we can fix it that's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. Right? Like <laughs> I had somebody when I when I when I tweeted about this this week um, and, and said, do you know how many black and brown podcasters, this show included, um, are denied big breaks, big platforms, mm. right? Because we don't have the legions and legions of followers. And they'll say, oh, no, no, no. We'd rather give it to the white guy, right? We'd rather give it to the racist, give it to the person. Donald Trump, all of these people, none of them are intelligent. Isn't that the, isn't that the thing too? Donald Trump can't string together a sentence. Joe Rogan, again, had a show where it was just like people literally eating shit. And it was one of like, like the biggest shows on television in the early aughts, right? Like it, it is, it is this, this feeding frenzy of idiocy coupled with white supremacy. And then mm. I, I tweeted this and people got back to me and they're like, you know, I just wish you all, you all um, would just stop whining, right? Oh, yeah. Like if you would just, you know, work harder, right? And then, then they wanted to give me Give me the example of Kim Kardashian, a woman who came from wealthy white parents, grew up in Beverly Hills as the person that I should model after her origin story of hard work and bootstrapping. What? And, and, and released a sex tape with, uh, at that time, a famous musician and whose booty and perhaps appropriation of black culture uh, and hooking up with black people is part and parcel her brand. I, I just like, and again, it would be like, you have to laugh so that you don't cry because yeah. like just the comparison and the fact that somebody found it within themselves to tweet that at me and didn't, and it wasn't done ironically, 
Right. Like I was like, are it's you? The, it's the bootstrap. It's the bootstrapping individualist American myth narrative that is so important to white America or white supremacy in America that says we came here. There was nothing. There were a bunch of savages, Native Americans, sure, mm. but we birthed this nation. I'm using that term uh, deliberately. Yep, we birthed yep. this nation. We brought about civilization. It was manifest destiny. The fact that the the fact that there was growth is a sign of God's favor upon us, the prosperity gospel. And look, blacks and poor browns and poor Asians, look at this model minority. Look at this Andrew Yang. He made it. Why can't you work hard? Why can't you pull yourself from the, from the bootstraps? Why can't you just stop whining and complaining and put down the crack pipe for once and you too can make it in America, right? And that myth is so pervasive because what that myth does, it makes the benevolent white man the protagonist of the story. It removes white supremacy from the equation. You don't have to confront it. You don't have to acknowledge it. You don't have to talk about it. And then you don't have to talk about your role in perpetuating a system of inequality. No. So instead, it's like this soma. It's like this beautiful drug, this myth that anyone can make it in this country if you just work hard. Look at that good Asian. Look at that good brown person. Look at that good black. Look at Larry Elder. See, let's bring our cultural validator who parrots are talking about. Look at Dinesh D'Souza. You know, look at Andrew Yang. And then it's these Danielles and these other blacks and these darkies who whine and complain all the time. And they are not grateful not for grateful. this country. No. Why can't you just be grateful? Translation, you should know your place. Translation, you up. should be grateful you're not on the back of the bus. Just shut up. And for the mall minority myth, and it's a dangerous myth, those Asians and South Asians who bought into it, even black folks, it's a Faustian bargain. We will give you the illusion of security and comfort. You will be close to whiteness, but you'll never be white. And exchange, you be silent. Let me tell you something. You know, we don't say this enough, and it is honestly the truth, that the original big lie was American exceptionalism that you just broke down so eloquently, right? This false idea, this moral Disneyland, this home of the white brave and courageous that bootstrap and do the Mm. most and do all of these things. And it's everyone else that just should be grateful for the fact that you're not in the cotton fields anymore, should be grateful for the fact, watch that, you know, we opened the doors to your family and my family to come to this country in the first place, right? But if you were to have given the rights to the Rogans and the Carlsons and the Trumps of the world, we wouldn't exist here except, (laughs) but in servitude. So the idea of American exceptional, the funniest thing that I saw this week was old man Ebro, who is a, who is a a radio personality here in New York on, uh, on hot 97. He overheard on the street, somebody saying America is like a third rate country in a Gucci belt. And Mm. I said, I don't think I've ever heard a realer statement. All of you want to mask and have the facade of wealth and greatness and, 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 and power and leadership, but it is false. And by the way, your Gucci belt was made in fucking China. Right. Like, so it, it, it's just it is it is the biggest it's lie. G-U-C-I. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
And it's just the biggest lie, the biggest lie that we are great, the biggest lie that everyone else in the world should have been looking up to America's democracy, the same way that we're told to, you know, applaud Israel's democracy. And I'm like, you do know that they have people in an open air prison in Gaza. You do know that people are shot dead in the street and all they are allowed to carry is a rock. Right. Like that's the Palestinians greatest defense. But yeah, sure. Let's say that it is, you know, a democracy. Let's call America the beacon on the hill when we just marginalize voting rights for more people in Alabama because of our six to three Supreme Court, where the lead senator for Republicans was allowed to hijack our judicial system. But yeah, let's pretend it's a democracy. Let's pretend that America is exceptional. Let's pretend there's no racism because white people like Beyonce too. Like yeah. I just, it is mind blowing. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 mind blowing. It's it's you no. Know, the interesting thing is with the Gucci bag analogy. I'll use a food analogy. I think Americans so desperately believe in this American dream myth and this myth of exceptionalism that as they're eating a shitty four day old McDonald's Big Mac, they think they're eating a steak. And they're like, look at this steak. And you're like, no, bro, that's a that's a pretty crappy McDonald's Big Mac. They're like, no, no, it's a steak. If I just work harder and 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 if I just you know, crush myself even more, and if I leave more vacation days on the table, and if I work two jobs, then one day I can put some ketchup on this, this steak. Mm. And I deserve that ketchup. And I've earned that ketchup. And I'm gonna get my ketchup that's come to me. You know, me. And you, you have to work hard on your own. It's, you know, it's like doggy dog. That's the American way. And don't expect anything from me. And I won't expect anything from you. And each person, if they work hard, they can make it and they can survive. Meanwhile, tax cuts for the rich. Meanwhile, affirmative action for whites when it comes to the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, you have Donald Trump literally pandering to white rage and white anxiety, telling them that they're the greatest victims in a time where black people are being shot and killed by the police, in a time where voting rights are being stripped away, in a time where books written by our people are being banned, but they are the victims. And that's what power does, right? Power, Mm. these myths blind you. These myths blind you uh, from the reality, number one. These myths blind you from the truth of history. And these myths blind you, I think, from your your role in perpetuating these injustices because nobody, and I mean nobody, I don't care about your ethnicity, your religion, your gender, if you think about this, Danielle, nobody considers themselves to be the villain of any narrative. You're it's either true. the hero yep. or the victim. Or the victim. And, and going back to Rogan and his crowd, and, and you know, they're the heroes. They're the alpha men. They're the romantic leads. They're going to take back this country and be men. Or they're being victimized. They're being, as the billionaire owner of Spotify said, silenced. They're silencing Joe Rogan. They're the real victims. And power makes you blind to your privilege and also your own abuses of that power. And that's the story of America and white supremacy. You know, the question that I have, though, and it, and it's to you, it's to me, it's to all of us who do this work, is that how do you wake up people that are choosing to exist asleep and unconscious. Mm. How is it that we are continuing to have dialogue about the powers that be, about the fact that they can turn around and say that Joe Rogan, who had to pull 70 plus shows for use of the N-word, and didn't have to, by the way, because Spotify made it his choice. 
So he got to decide, not like Whoopi Goldberg decided that, you know what, I'm going to take a time out for two weeks. No, no, because (laughs) we don't give, we don't give. I'm going to go to the jail, view jail for two weeks. For two weeks. No, we don't give that autonomy to people of color to make the decisions about how they exist, right? Or how Mm. they show up. Mm. Those decisions are made for you. That's exactly what ABC said. She needed time to reflect. But then the white man tells the other white man and all white men listening, they're trying to silence you. So I gave you $100 million so that you could be (laughs) empowered to speak your truth because we've never heard that truth before. (laughs) And you still have your podcast, by the way. Joe Rogan still has his podcast. Like nothing happened to him. That's why I keep telling people like nothing. I did this article called the martyrdom of Joe Rogan, uh, obviously tongue in cheek. I'm like, the dude still has his hundred million dollars. This dude still has his podcast. Nothing has happened to him. Just a bunch of people got upset at him at Twitter. And that was the equivalent of oppression. Right. And so I'm always really curious. And I always, I was actually, I'm curious about this and give me an answer. If white people or, you know, non-black folks, let's just say non-black folks. Okay. But no, let's stick with white people. Yeah. If white people had to walk, literally walk in the shoes of black people in America and live the black experience mm-hmm. for one week, would they last? <laughs> a week? I was going to say how long are they walk in, like 10 minutes, 15 <laughs> no, minutes. I was going to say a week. A week? An entire seven Earth days? Seven Earth days. They would revolt. Do they would like, do you understand that that would never have, I remember who was it? And oh God, folks, I will, I will look this up after who was the white academic professor. She, this is many, many decades ago who had asked her class as she's teaching a, a course on anti-racism, mm. raise your hand if you would want to be black and no one raised their hand. Not one person after she's talking about white privilege and they're like, that doesn't exist. Okay. So which one of you want to be black for a day? And they're like, nah, and they're like, stick with this whiteness. Nah, that's good. I only do that on Halloween. You know, it it is just like, you know, the, the, it's just an an intellectual dishonesty for Mm. this group of people on one hand to say that they're the biggest victims But then when you ask them to actually look at real victimization and you provide them with all step, you know, bullet one through one million of the ways in which that is not true, it doesn't matter. Never doesn't affect. So what does. So, again, I ask, what is this work if it is not to raise people's consciousness level right around the lies that they have been fed around? American exceptionalism and white American exceptionalism is what I really am saying. Then what do we do? Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. That, you know, the thing is this, it's, it's a good question because I was thinking about this earlier today. We can't afford to throw our hands in the air and say, just leave me alone. I'm going to live my life. Because as you articulated earlier, racism doesn't allow us to live our lives, right? These policies don't allow us to live our lives. Actual racists do not allow black people and brown people to live with joy. So you can't ignore it. Uh, you can do as much as you can to build your own wealth. Tyler Perry it, you know, <laughs> by us, for us. But even then, you're still living within a paradigm and a system where white supremacy reigns supreme and is, infects every other power structure, right? So, okay, that doesn't work. Voting rights, for example. Alabama comes in and says, nope, we're going to screw you. You're trying to live your life peacefully and vote. Nope, we're going to do everything in our power. And then we got the Supreme Court 5-4 to back us up to literally dilute black voting rights. And then you say, okay, well, I can't ignore them uh, and I can't just live my life. So then I have to engage. And so much of this engagement is placating the anxieties Mm. and fears Mm. of the white base just so we can move forward together. And I think that's something that people don't want to hear. But the reality of living in America and the work, like you said, that work that has been done often is, dear white people, be less crazy. Yeah. Be, you know, be less what your ancestral DNA tells you to do. Right? And, like, yeah. and, you know, and we have to and we have to like sugarcoat it, too. That's the thing. We have to sugarcoat it. Like, I just got this message from my friend. I really liked your book. And your book was, he's a brown dude. He says, and I think the personal stories that you put in your book and the humor, that's what will win over some white folks. And I'm like, look at the type of gymnastics that we have to do just to tell our stories and prove our civilizational worth. I have to worry, not just about telling a story and communicating to a diverse audience, but then the anxieties of a white person and how they might be triggered by me talking about anti-Muslim bigotry that affects us in our communities on a daily life. But I cannot communicate it without uh, doing the mathematics in my brain about how this might trigger white rage and then set us back. Isn't that wild? It's exhausting. It is exhausting. I mean, and the thing is, is what pisses me off is that the majority of white people do not get it. Not only do they not get it, they don't care to get it. And that is the whole legislation around, you know, white people in their discomfort coming out of Florida and taking over the country. Right. Mm. And, and, and rolling into this domino effect of we can't have these difficult conversations. We can't have an actual racial reckoning. We can't have these real stories about who we are and how we got here so that we can break the change of cyclical white supremacist trauma. We can't do that because they don't want to. They don't want to learn. They don't want to see it. They want to stay comfortable, right? And you see, Much like in working out and in all the different facets of your life, growth does not come from your comfort zone. 
And what Republicans have said and what they are legislating and what they are advocating is for us to have no growth. It's for there to be no expansion. It's for us to stay. Restriction. It's either, it is either the status quo or, to your point, full-on regression. Yeah. Go back to 1953, pre-Brown versus Board of Education. And for those you know who are listening and say, you know what? I don't care about this. I'm not black or I'm not brown or I'm not Muslim. I'll give you one example to bring it full circle. Mm-hmm. Why you should care. When we were complaining about CRT, the, the, the manufactured boogeyman of CRT, which is not taught in elementary schools, which is an elective often taught in law school that you can choose to take, which I chose to take. I'm a Virginia parent. This was ground zero. I have two kids in the Virginia school. It ain't in the lesson plan. It ain't in the curriculum. I wrote about it last summer. I said, Democrats are going to fail by not acknowledging this manufactured threat like always. They're not going to confront the culture war. They're not going to come up with a counter message. You think Yunkin is a joke and that McAuliffe is going to waltz in. It's not going to happen. Yunkin might win. And people said, you know what? They're going after the trans and the pronouns and the blacks. That's fine. I'll stay quiet. Well, as we're recording this conversation that has expanded to books and discussions and lessons, not just about, not just written by black and brown folks about diversity, equity, and inclusion, also about the Holocaust, also about feminism. And now, don't say gay. Don't say so gay. So talking about regression, talking about restriction, now is just straight up invisibility, erasure. Don't say gay. So now it's LGBTQ+. If you're noticing the theme, it's any group mm-hmm. that is desiring not to replace you, but simply to have an equal space that is not desri- desiring the main role, just being a co-protagonist, that is not does not want to uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, hurt you or kill you. Just wants to live and breathe. The existence and emergence of all these marginalized communities is a threat to this narrative that Danielle and I are talking about. And the response is eliminate it, snuff it out, ban it. Yeah, it's not just black and browns. It's black, brown, immigrant, Mexican, LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. anyone that threatens the dominant narrative or could, God forbid, be seen as an equal is a threat to that privilege that must be erased, which is why, as we always say, it requires a multicultural coalition of the willing. And these problems that we address on this podcast are not just black and brown problems. They are America's problems, and they require an American solution. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. We are not, as a nation, going to ban our way to neutrality. Mm. And that is the goal. And that is not going to happen. So the question that we will leave you all with today is then what do we do? Because they have shown their hand. They are, to Waj's point all the time, they are the Bond villain. They are telling <laughs> us each and every day, each on every platform, on every station, on every network, what their plans are. They have activated. So what mm-hmm. is our response going to be? Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajat Lee with two more weeks of Black History Month. <laughs> with two more weeks of Black History Month left, we'll see you next week and see what bullshit they come up with next. <laughs>